Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Tara here with another preview episode. This time we are talking to Nikias Duncan of Bleacher Report. He also works for writes for SB Nation, Dime Uprocks, and Five Reasons Sports. We're going to be talking about the Miami Heat. Nikias, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. All right. Well, the last time we talked, the Blazers had just added Hassan Whiteside to their roster, and you gave us a little bit of insight into what that experience was going to be like. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast and <laughs> find out if you've had a chance to watch any of the Blazer games with him in it. Um, but before we get started, before we get into that, so the thing that I think about when I think about the Miami Heat, it seems to have a lot of personalities on that team this year. So I'm wondering if you could start off by just kind of introducing us to who are like the main uh, the main characters in this drama. Uh, who are the main players on Miami that we should be watching for? Well, you have to start with Jimmy Butler. He is the uh, the multi-time all-star wing. Um, he's in the midst of the worst shooting season that he's ever had, but he's still been a plus defender. He's averaging a career high in assists. He's been great at getting to the free throw line. Um, has still comfortably been a top 10 player this year, despite shooting like... Uh, uh, let's just call it not great outside of the paint. Why do you think he is shooting poorly? Is it just like one of those unexplained slumps or is there something going on? Um, it feels like an unexplained slump because he's getting to his spots. Um, nothing looks different form-wise from we've seen, that we've seen in past years. It just seems like he just doesn't have the jumper this year. Um, he's been much better in the first quarter than the third quarter than he has in the others. So I imagine just getting those getting rest helps him a little bit. But it's really been a weird thing to follow all year. The shooting's been weird, but he's otherwise been very good. Uh, Bam Adebayo's had his breakout year this year. Um, he's looking like one of the best players in the East. It was just something that wasn't expected to happen this soon. But um, he's been a multi-positional defender, great rebounder. He's scoring more, and he's scoring in different ways, which has been exciting to watch. Um, the passing has been exciting to watch. He's just been an overall joy on and off the court. His personality's starting to shine through a little bit more since he's been featured more. So it's it's really been it's really been the year of Bam in Miami more than anything. Mm-hmm. So you've got Bam and Jimmy Butler. Who else rounds out the starting lineup there? I'm sorry, start up Kendrick Nunn, point guard. Um, he's been kind of a breakout rookie, though. You know, he has his off court demons that have made it a little bit tough to root for him. If I'm being honest, mm. uh, Myers Leonard has you know solidified himself as the spot five there. Um, he's been a really good spacer. The screens have been great. Um, the passing has been a little bit better than I expected. And at shooting guard has been Duncan Robinson, who has been, I think, at worst, maybe a top three shooter in basketball this year. Um, he's really been lighting it up. I think he's still over 40%. I think still over 45% for three on over six attempts a game this year. Um, he's made a bunch of contested threes coming off of screens. He's really been a revelation as well. All those things that you listed about Myers Leonard are all things that we desperately miss in Portland right now. <laughs> 
I love a good Myers Leonard screen where people just like run into him and fall down. Is that still happening? Oh yes, very much. He watches people out. <laughs> they just—it's like they run into a wall and then they just collapse. And uh, yeah, he's uh, one of the things that when Myers played for Portland that uh, was sometimes hard to watch is. Uh, he thinks a lot before he would pass the ball or figure out which play he was going to be going to make. How is that going for him now that he's down in Miami? Uh, it was definitely frustrating to start the year. I ended up tweeting about it a few times. Myers Leonard basically had like a streak of taking like three or fewer shots in the game. Mm-hmm. And it was just incredibly frustrating to watch him and pick and roll. And he's open at the top of the key and you catch it. And he just kind of think about it a little bit take a dribble and then he'll pass it off and the offense keeps going that way. Um, he's been flinging a lot more. Um, he's been flinging with a lot more confidence as of late. So that's a positive. He still isn't a high volume shooter at all, but he is taking more in rhythm and that's helping the offense flow. And once you add that with the other things that he brings to the table in terms of screening and just reading the floor, it's made him a, a net positive overall. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Well, I think a lot of people in Portland are, uh, happy to see him succeeding. But what I really want to know is what was everybody's first reaction the first time he showed up to work with a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine it was a little bit of shock. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that that was, that was a thing that he, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he did. He has this 200 pound hammer that he like drags around. Like we remember like, cause his wife, got it as a package and and she Instagram like opening it up and trying to pick it up herself and like not even being able to pick it up. And then he would just like show up at the arena or at, at the practice facility with this giant hammer just casually <laughs> flung over his shoulder. And I've been seeing it that he's doing it in Miami too. The fan base loves him. He is nothing if not a character. Yeah, the fans love him. He's already become a fan favorite. Oh, well, that's that's really good. Well, so the Miami got off to a really great start. I mean, all, there was so much talk about Milwaukee and about the 76ers. And of course, nobody ever wants to leave the Celtics out of the party. Uh, but Miami really has come on very strong. So what are their biggest strengths this season? Well, first, you have to completely throw out the game that just happened in Orlando. <laughs> but um, overall, um, the shooting has been not only their biggest strength, it's also been their biggest surprise because entering the year, it was kind of like, well, okay, Jimmy Butler's here. He gives Miami a shot creator that they desperately need. Bam Adebayo's going to get more time. The team is going to be a little bit better, but the ceiling we don't really know about because we don't know what the shooting is going to be like. Um, Duncan Robinson rarely played last year. Tyler Hero's obviously a rookie. Kendrick Nunn hadn't played before. So you're adding Myers Leonard, but he's never been a high-volume shooter. So it was a little bit of a question mark on how well the Heat would shoot. But um, Tyler Hero's starting with 40%. Duncan Robinson has been great. Kendrick Nunn has been pretty good, though he's had been in a little bit of a slide over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Myers Leonard has obviously been good percentage-wise. Um, they've gotten a lot of solid shooting from a lot of different places. So um, when they come or when Portland comes down there to play, what are the matchups that you're going to be watching? Uh, for Miami side, I think it's all going to it's going to start with Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. It's with Damian Lillard has been a heat killer for the last two or three years because they the Heat really haven't had many players that can track him over screens and Dame can get to the pull up whenever he wants to. And I think that in that regard, that's where the Heat really missed Justice Winslow because he's their best. Um, I think he's at least their second best defender behind Jimmy, if not their best defender. So having Kendrick Nunn have to chase Damian Lillard or even having Jimmy Butler chase Damian Lillard 
and just kind of watching how worn down Jimmy gets from that matchup. It's all going to start with Dame. Mm-hmm. And whoever draws that assignment in the in the moment, are they going to double team him? Do you expect? Um, I would expect to see a little bit of everything. I mm-hmm. think they're going to go with their their base package, um, just kind of fight over the screen and hope that they can stay connected. If that doesn't work, they're probably going to go to some traps because you know, the book has been out on Dame. Even though he's gotten much better over the last couple of years, the book is still trap him and make other guys beat you. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably see that. And the Heat have been one of the most frequent zone defense users in the league this year again. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that see that make um, an appearance, especially in those lineups when only one of Dame or CJ on the floor. I think going to the zone there is something Miami wanted to do. So shooting and Jimmy Butler-led defense sound like those are two real strengths of the Heat. Um, what are what are their what do they struggle with the most? What are their weaknesses? They give up a ton of three pointers. Again, they they don't mind mixing up their scheme defensively. They really want to pressure the ball. They also want to take away the middle of the floor. So they kind of um, they overcompensate there. There are going to be a lot of above the break threes open for the Blazers. I think even if they do trap Dame. If you get some good decisions um, being made in the middle of the floor, that's going to lead to a lot of corner threes. The Heat have been a bottom three defense in terms of the percentage of three-pointers allowed from the corners and from above the break. They, they've been bleeding three-point attempts all year. So I think there's your path to beating Miami there. If you make, if you don't turn the ball over, you're going to be able to create open looks. And it's going to be up to the Blazers to make them at that point. Okay. So hit those threes. Yeah, they've been they've had some struggles with shooting lately. So we'll see if they can get it back for uh, this this is the you know the Blazers have had you know a pretty difficult schedule and then they had a really easy stretch and now we're kind of getting back into a place where it's gotten hard and they've had it really struggled to beat teams over 500. They've really really struggled to beat <laughs> good teams. So a win in Miami would like be a huge boost to just like kind of the f- mood for the fan base right now and you know perhaps for the players. The players are player the players are so even keeled that it's hard to know you know how much uh, this is affecting them, but for the fan base, I know we could really use a win over Miami. Um, I'm wondering if you've had have you had a chance to watch Portland at all this season? I've been able to catch a few games, yeah. Uh-huh. And I, have you been watching them since Carmelo came? Yes, caught some games before, and then I had to tune in a little bit more just to see what that looked like. Got any thoughts on what that looks like? Uh a little better than expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not know that Melo was going to have the jumper, um, especially early on. He's definitely slowed down a bit there, and then that's kind of where the defensive issues kind of slide in. But um, he's been a pretty decent fit. Like he hasn't been, he hasn't been terrible, and I feel like that's <laughs> that's really a win for Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and he he's kind of given the team some energy and a little bit of boost, uh, especially in December, which was which was a pretty rough month. What are your expectations for Hassan Whiteside the first time he comes back to Miami? Uh, it's either go- there's going to be no in between here. Mm-hmm. Either Hassan's going to finish with like twenty six points, twenty two rebounds, and seven blocks, and he's just going to destroy everything at the rim, or he's going to toss up you know eight of those awkward jump hooks, and he's going to loaf around and he's going to get burned when Miami goes to their little dribble handoff action with Bam, 
and those shooters are going to be wide open because Hassan isn't going to leave the paint and he's going to get laughed at. It's going to be one of those two. It, it, it isn't going to just be like a decent game for Hassan. Yeah, it's going to be one or the other. Well, he had tonight, he had a uh, like 21 points and 22 rebounds or something like that. And apparently he calls those 2020 games, he calls them the Barbara Walters special. Had he ever done that in Miami? <laughs> <laughs> that was I the first time that we heard one, that. That that sounds like him. That <laughs> yeah. that is definitely something he would come up with. He's definitely a character. How do you think the the fans are going to react? Like for Portland, because there are very few other big games in town. Like you know, we'll just put a microscope on players when they return to Portland, and we have conversations for weeks leading up to the game to find out: Are we going to boo? Are we going to cheer? What's it going to be like? Um, what's it like uh, for, in Miami? Uh, if I had to judge by my Twitter feed, at the very least, I think he's going to get booed uh-huh. very, very loud. Okay. Like, he, he just didn't leave. In terms of the fan base, he mm-hmm. did not leave the organization on good terms at all. Mm-hmm. So I would expect him to get booed pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll ho- hopefully he can uh, keep his head up. I have to say those little jump hooks go in way more than I think they're going to go in. Um, when Yusuf Nurkic first came to Portland, he used to do that, and they like never went in. It was just like, what are you doing? Uh, and so when Hassan started doing that, we thought, oh, no. But those actually have been going in at a pretty darn good clip, but he's dunking a lot less than he did in Miami. I personally love dunks, and I thought it was just going to be like a dunk festival, but it has not actually been that just yet. Maybe, maybe Miami is maybe getting back in Miami is what he's going to need. Well, yeah, that'll be the game that he'll be juiced up for, <laughs> if anything. I got questions about a couple more players that I've uh, heard about in Miami, wondering what their status is. What's going on with Dion Waiters these days? Uh, I feel like the better question at this point is what isn't going on with Dion Waiters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a lot of, uh, we'll just call them off court issues that the Heat aren't really a fan of. So he's pretty he's pretty much under the doghouse at this point. I don't think he's going to play a letter minute in Miami, if you had to ask me. Okay, so he is he suspended again, or is he with the team? He's technically with the team, okay. but he there doesn't seem to be much of a plan to get him in the rotation at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and you, so you talked about... Um, uh, none, and then you also have Tyler Hero. So, how are things going with the with both of the rookies this year? Um, they've both been much better than I expected. Um, I was one of the loudest critics of the Hero pick once it was made, and I actually just went on a podcast yesterday to issue my formal apology mm-hmm. to Tyler Hero just for how good he's been this year. Um, just has a feel beyond his years. Mm-hmm. He just see, he sees the court well. He's obviously a really good shooter. He's been a better team defender than I expected. He can still get blown by against quicker guards, but he's been mostly fine on that end. That's a plus. Kendrick Nunn, I don't think – I just didn't know what to expect from him. He was obviously one of the most prolific scorers in college his last year there, but I, I didn't really see a role for him, much less him kind of solidifying himself as Miami's starting point guard. So a couple couple guys uh, kind of outperforming expectations. Seems like there's a lot of guys down in Miami right now outperforming expectations. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really what why this season has been so fun. Mm-hmm. Because even the most optimi- optimistic projections of Miami is like 45, 46 wins. They've been on a 50-win pace pretty much all season long. Uh-huh. And they've done this with, with Jimmy Butler shooting like he's been shooting. With Justice Winslow barely playing, this was supposed to be a big year for him as well. So there's 
a little bit of there's room for this to get better somehow. So it's just really been fun to follow. Who's the leader in the locker room? Is that Jimmy Butler? Oh yeah, it's definitely Jimmy Butler. Okay. Uh, he's made a he's made a conscious effort to really uh to really empower the young guys and really build relationships with them. Bam loves them. Those two are joking, you know, interrupting each other's press conferences after games every night. Um, you tell they, they love each other. They, um, Jimmy Butler has a little um, has a thing going with Bam where he uh, pays him like I think five hundred dollars every time Bam shoots a three because he wants him to start shooting threes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Like they, you can tell they love each other. They really follow Jimmy's lead. That really surprised me that. Um... You know, because I come, you know, we're in Portland where we've had Damian Leader as like the established locker room leader for so long now. I couldn't imagine like somebody coming in from the outside and just like becoming the leader. But it sounds like maybe they didn't really have somebody super solid in that role before Jimmy Butler came. Is that what was going on? Yeah, because it was pretty much Dwayne Wade at that point. And I think it helps that not only is Jimmy Butler really good, he's also basically an extension of Dwayne because they're so close. Mm -hmm. So it just made it a pretty easy transition to go from Dwayne to Jimmy. Okay. That makes sense. And that would, you know, because I was like, why why didn't it work out in Minnesota? But why is it working out so well here? Um uh, so that's uh, that's interesting. Okay, well, that's about all the questions that I have before the game. Is there are there any other little tidbits you want to tell me about, or do you want to just go ahead and tell folks where they can find your work? Um, I have nothing in particular. So you can find me at Nikaias NBA. It's N E K I A S. Um, have some words up on Bleacher Report, SB Nation, Dime Up Rocks, um, Five Reasons. Uh, yeah, Five Reasons Sports. I do a weekly Heat column there every Monday, so you can check that out if you want to get a feel on what Miami's done. Um, you know, follow me for some fantastic puns if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, people aren't following you on Twitter. They definitely should because yeah, I always learn a lot. And then you also, like you said, you say funny things every once in a while. You watch stuff on TV. And sometimes you just have some really nice messages that people need to hear. And sometimes on Twitter, you just need to have somebody say the stuff that people need to hear and make you feel good and make you feel positive. So I endorse you as a follower whether for whatever that is worth. I don't know. But <laughs> I thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on tonight and telling us about the heat. I look forward, as I always do after I talk to people, uh, really look forward to the matchup. And I hope you have a great night. Thanks. All righty. Thank you for having me.